Good morning. It's time for Sunday Morning Alive. This is Pastor Evangelist Robert Venable, and we're grateful once again to meet with you uh, by the internet, by uh, the the way of the media, because we're not able to physically assemble together. And uh, just to all of our members of the body of Christ and of this particular ministry, uh, we are looking forward to the day when they give us the go-ahead to get back in our building and uh, and use the necessary precautions, but but come together. I think I said it last week, want to reiterate it this week. There's something special that occurs when we come together in the name of Jesus Christ to worship the true and living God, to receive His Word, to bear one another's burdens, exhort one another, and pray for one another that we all may be healed. And so I just pray that that we might have that opportunity very, very soon. You know, we're told in Scripture, forsake not the assembling of yourself together as the manner of some is, but much more as you see the day approaching. As you see the day approaching, exhort one another. Praise God. That is the purpose, one of the great purposes of assembling together. And we're assembling together here with our internet audience as well today to exhort one another. Amen. Hallelujah. To to one translation says to strongly encourage one another in right living. Praise God. Well, I pray that we can use this shaking time that we're in when everything that can be shaken is being shaken to draw us closer to God, to shake loose everything in our life uh, that is not of 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 eternal value <laughs> of spiritual and eternal value amen and get our focus where it needs to be all along without a crisis it needs to be on Christ hallelujah looking unto Jesus who is the author and the finisher of our faith so that we can run with persistence and perseverance the race that is set before us today. Well, having said that, I'm announcing our subject today, Are We Living in the End Times? Are we truly living in the end times? Now, I want you to turn with me first in your Bible to Matthew chapter 24, beginning with verse 3 down through verse 8. And let's read it together. It says here, and this is an important uh, question that is asked Jesus. And as he sat upon the Mount of Olives, the disciples came unto him privately, saying, Tell us, when shall these things be, and what shall be the sign of thy coming, and of the end of the world? And Jesus answered and said unto them, Take heed that no man deceive you. For many shall come in my name, saying, I am Christ, and shall deceive many. And there, and you shall hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that you be not troubled. For all these things must come to pass. Now listen carefully. But the end is not yet. I'm, I'm not teaching today or date setting on anything. I'm telling you that we are indeed living in the end times. All of these things have to come to pass first, but the end still isn't yet. For nation shall rise against nation, and kingdom against kingdom, and there shall be famines 
one of the one of the the ongoing problems if this epidemic stopped tomorrow is world famine uh, getting aid to nations that are near starvation and experiencing starvation. It is estimated that many millions will die of starvation. If this thing stopped tomorrow, millions would still die of starvation. And there shall be, there shall be <laughs> uh, famines and pestilences, plagues, epidemics, pandemics, and earthquakes in diverse places. All these are the beginning of sorrows. It goes on from there and talks about the day of the Lord and the great tribulation that is coming. You see, Jesus' coming is near because the day of the Lord is near. So the beginning of sorrows is the beginning of the end. And I believe that we are definitely in the beginning of sorrows. This means that the day of the Lord is near. The great tribulation, the day of Jacob's trouble. It also means that the coming of Jesus is very near as well. And what we're living in right now is a time of great shaking. And this is what it says in Hebrews chapter 12, verse 25 through 29. It says, See that you do not refuse him who speaks... For if they did not escape who refused him who spoke on earth, much more shall we not escape if we turn away from him who speaks from heaven, whose voice then shook the earth. But now he has promised, saying, Yet once more I shake not only the earth, but also heaven. Now this yet once more indicates the removal of these things that are being shaken, as of the things which are made that the things which cannot be shaken may remain. Therefore, since we're receiving a kingdom which cannot be shaken, let us have grace by which we may serve God acceptably with reverence and godly fear, for our God is a consuming fire. Now what you have here is a biblical prophecy that there is a day coming in which there will be such a violent shaking in creation that the world as we know it will be removed. It will not be any more like it is today at all. There will come a new heaven and a new earth on which righteousness dwells. But this world as we know it is going to come to a cataclysmic end someday. And there will be a removal of the things of the world as we know them. And what it cannot be shaken is the only thing that will remain, and that is the kingdom of God and everyone who dwells in it. Praise God. You know, the Bible said when you become a Christian and you really are born again of the Holy Spirit, that you've been translated out of the powers of darkness into the kingdom of God's dear Son. You know, we pray in the Lord's Prayer, Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And friend of mine, I believe that what's happening right now is a preview of those things to come. We used to sing an old-time camp meeting songs. Life is filled with swift transition. 
naught of this old world can stand. Build your hopes on things eternal and hold to God's unchanging hand. The earthbound church, friend, filled with tares instead of wheat, has sacrificed the spiritual and eternal for the temporal and the tangible. There's absolutely no doubt about that that people are looking for the material instead of the spiritual, the temporal instead of the eternal, and flocking in droves to a gospel, uh, a false gospel that cannot help us in the time of crisis. And what we need in these perilous, dangerous days is a clear word from the Lord. You know, the Bible said of, of David's mighty men, there were men that, that did, uh, did great uh, acts of, of bravery and courage and great acts of supernatural victory and strength. They were called David's mighty men. And among them were the sons of Issachar. And they didn't do these great acts of, of uh, you know, slaying a bear and, and slaying many soldiers of a great army to defend Israel. You know what they did and what, how important they were? It said they were men of understanding of the times that Israel might know what to do. Men of understanding of the times that Israel might know what to do. Is this such a time to go after gold and silver? Or is this a time to seek the kingdom of God? Hallelujah. To pray that there will be a great impartation of His kingdom and inrushing of His kingdom into our lives that His will may be done in us and through us right now before He comes to rule and to reign. But right now before He comes to snatch us away right here and right now Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done in earth and on earth as it is in heaven. You know, the scripture says without a vision in the Old Testament, the people perish. And many people try to take the context of that, put it into the New Testament, where Jesus says things like, raise your eyes, look upon the fields, for they are white unto harvest. Pray the Lord of the harvest and labors. That truly is a vision. And without that vision for evangelism, surely many people are going to perish and this last day harvest is going to be lost. But in the context of the Old Testament, it would read like this, without a clear word in the mouth of the prophet, the people lose all moral restraint. I want to say that again, without a vision, without a clear word from the Lord, without men, therefore, of understanding of the times. This is not a time to go after gold and silver. This is a time to seek the Lord until He come and rain righteousness on us. This is a wake-up call. I believe this shaking is a wake-up call both to the world and to the church and to the believer. We have to reassess our values. We have to reset our focus. We have to lay up our treasure 
on things above and not the things of the earth. We have to love God more than pleasure rather than love pleasure more than God. By the way, if you think loving God means you'll never have pleasure, (laughs) the Bible said, amen, that at his right hand there is pleasure forevermore. The joy of the Lord is our strength, and at his right hand there is pleasure. There There is a something more than anything the flesh can enjoy when our spirit and his spirit are united in fellowship and in communion. Praise God. We experience the presence of God. In his presence, there is fullness of joy. And at his right hand is pleasure forevermore. Praise God. I like what A.W. Tozer said. We need a baptism of clear seeing. We desperately need seers who can see through the midst, Christian leaders with prophetic vision. Unless they come soon, he said, it'll be too late for this generation. And if they do come, we will no doubt crucify a few of them in the name of our worldly orthodoxy. Scripture teaches us, doesn't it, in 1 John, to love not the world, neither the things that are in the world, I'm not talking about the earth and its beauty. God created it, and He said it's good. But we're talking about this fallen world, this satanic system uh, that is anti-Christ and anti-God in every, every corner of it, in every bit of it. Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world for the world... For if any man love the world, make no mistake about it, the love of the Father is not in him. You see, friend, you can't serve two masters, for you will love one and hate the other, or hate one and love the other. There is no middle ground. There is no middle ground. I think too many Christians are trying to find that middle ground. Listen, we are in the world And Jesus, clearly, we're here until He takes us home. But we're to occupy. We're not to become preoccupied with it. We're to occupy. We're to take and hold ground for Christ until He comes. Hallelujah. We're to take a militant attitude. We're in the world. But we are not of the world. And that's why Jesus prayed in John 17, Father, I don't, I don't pray you take them out of the world. They're the light. They're the salt. That's my additions to that. Father, I don't pray you take them out of the world. But I do pray that you keep them from the evil one. Praise God. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. God wants us to be shaken. He wants to shake the world loose from the church. And He wants to shake the church loose from the world. Make no mistake about it. This shaking has a purpose that that which cannot be shaken might remain. And that is nothing more, nothing less than the kingdom of God. Hallelujah. Praise God. Amen. And and the quote in the New Testament is, is from that that is in the Old Covenant. Haggai 2, 6 and 7 says, For thus saith the Lord of hosts, Yet Once more, I will shake the heavens, the earth, the sea, and the dry land, and I will shake all nations. Yet once more, I will shake the earth and the heavens. Now this expression, yet once more, indicates the final 
transformation of everything that can be shaken. That is, of that which has been created in order that we (laughs) cannot, we that cannot, and that which cannot be shaken might remain. Let us therefore receive in a kingdom that cannot be shaken, offer unto God pleasing service and acceptable worship and all, for our God is a consuming fire. Hebrews twelve twenty five through 29 You see, friend, God's not only shaking things on the earth, He's shaking things in heaven. All the foundations of the earth are shaking. And it's a prelude to the great earthquakes and the great shaking of heaven and earth during the tribulation period. You know, if the tribulation is near, the coming of Christ is even nearer. Not date setting, but saying we're in a season. We are in a season. You know, I'm here in Tampa, Florida, and we're getting ready next month to enter into the hurricane season. We don't have a hurricane yet. We can't say when and if and when it is coming. But we know we are in the season of their coming. Amen. And the probability and the possibility of a hurricane coming during this season. (laughs) Amen. Surely they're going to form and surely they're going to come near. Listen, the coming of the Lord is near because the coming of the day of the Lord is near. And I believe what we're seeing right now globally through this pandemic is evidence of how quickly a micro, a, a microscopic uh, a bacterial, viral, that that you have to look under a microscope to see is shaking the entire planet. How quickly everything that can be shaken is being shaken. And the purpose is so that that which cannot be shaken might remain. You know, as Christians, we're told, aren't we, to seek the kingdom of God and His righteousness. And all these things we need, all these material things will be added to us. But they will not, we will not be looking for them and to them. We are not seeking what the Gentiles are in that case the unregenerate world is seeking. We're going after a kingdom which cannot be shaken. Praise God. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Remember the gospel is a gospel of the kingdom. Matthew twenty four fourteen. It is the power unto salvation. The kingdom of God is the only thing that can never be shaken. And Christians who make Jesus their rock and fortress will not be greatly shaken either. The psalmist said, He is my rock and my salvation, my defense and my fortress. I shall never be greatly shaken. Praise God. Psalms 62, 2-6. Jesus said there will be violent earthquakes, famines, pestilences, epidemics, plagues, etc. There will be sights of terror, terrorism, and great signs from heaven, the sun, the moon, the star, sun flares, and cosmic disturbances. And upon the earth there will be distress of nations, bewilderment and perplexity, not knowing which way to turn. Men will faint and die with fear and apprehension, men's hearts failing them for fear, and looking at the things which are coming upon the earth. 
one of the byproducts of this pandemic is 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 the 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 the, the fear uh, and the hopelessness that it is bringing and the deaths that are going to occur because of despair it's estimated that not the, not what the what the plague is doing what the pestilence is doing but what how what has happened as a result of it the loss of jobs the loss of careers the loss in the stock market of people who had put all of their eggs in one basket if you please all of their security was in their stocks and when the stocks begin to drop and every some people are going to lose their life savings their their cushion uh, that they were going to have to retire uh, through this thing this is and and then the despair pushes people toward drugs and toward drinking and toward those kinds of behaviors that will cause them to die early if they don't die through suicide itself the suicide rate is expected to soar doing this. The drug addiction and alcohol consumption to soar during this. And it's estimated right now, quoted several news outlets, that 75,000 people are going to die of despair because they're going to do all of these things to try to, to fill that that hopelessness and that emptiness in their life. Friend of mine, many will faint and die with fear and apprehension, with the expectation of things that are coming on the world, for the powers of heaven shall be shaken. These things will happen. These things will happen just before the coming of the Lord occurs, because the day of the Lord is approaching and the Bible said the day of the Lord hasteneth greatly. The beginning of sorrows that I just read you by the way, it's interesting to me and intriguing to me that the Greek word is birth pangs. It's talking about a woman in in labor when the birth pangs come, the pressure and the pain begins to come and, and that the, the birth is very, very near. It's amazing that it said the day of the Lord in the Old Testament. He said, I see men with their hands on their loins as a woman in travail. That this is men experiencing uh, through the conditions of the world during the day of the Lord. The kind of pain and pressure that a woman that is getting ready to give birth is experiencing. Hence the word, the beginning of sorrows. This Right now, it's a preview of things to come, of what is truly coming, a prophetic preview and a fulfillment of that prophecy of the day of the Lord. And the Bible said of that day that it hasteneth greatly. Once birth pangs begin, they get closer together until the birth occurs. And I believe we're in the beginning of the end, praise God. But the end for the Christian, we're not looking for a hopeless end. We're looking for an endless hope because Christ is coming very, very soon. See, God is at work in the entire world. I, I, I believe the hedge is down because of the sins, not only uh, of the world, but the sins within the church. I don't know about you, but I've been doing an inventory. This has been a time uh, when, when it's good that we can't stay
stay so busy that we can't hear the still, small voice of God. You know, the Scripture said, be still first and know that He's God. And then we're able to stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise God. God is at work through this. God's going to use this that has gotten our attention and our focus once again, shaking everyone and everything everywhere. Amen. There's no use asking God not to shake us because it's in His will and purpose and power to do it so that only the things which cannot be shaken can be left. What can be shaken? Empires, governments, monarchies, banks, businesses, churches, families, individuals, and anything else that is not eternal. Anything else that is not eternal. And the only way to cope with this shaking and respond positively and spiritually to it is to commit ourselves to the hand of God. He's the only security that mankind has. According to Psalm 91, He is the protector. He is the provider. But we have to make Him that by a decision to trust Christ as our Savior and trust God as our Heavenly Father, provider, and protector. We're told very firmly not to love the world nor the things in it. Why? Because it's passing. But he that doeth the will of God abides forever. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done in earth and on earth as it is in heaven. If our hearts are set on the world, if our hearts are set on the world, and very firmly we're told not to love that world nor the things that are in it. But if our hearts are set on the world and the things the world can offer, the love of the Father will not be in us. We will not stand up under the pressure of shaking. The world along with some of heaven eventually is going to pass away, be burned up. And so we look forward to a new heaven and a new earth. Second Peter three ten to 13 You see, knowing these things, that nothing is going to remain the same. We need to travel light down here. We need certain things. And God said, I know what you need. And I'm going to meet that need materially and physically. But above all, I want you to seek my kingdom. Because all of this is transient. All of this is passing. Seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. Praise God. Nobody has a permanent home here on earth. If we try to make our home in this world, we'll be greatly shaken along with it. But he who does the will of God lives forever. Even when we're shaken, if we're founded on the rock, Jesus Christ, and are doing the will of God, hallelujah, we will not be swept away. The ultimate will of God is the coming of His kingdom to earth. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That's Matthew six ten and Luke eleven two. That is His ultimate purpose. And that's why we need to proclaim the full gospel in the entire world just before He comes. We need to seek the kingdom of God first and His righteousness just like it tells us to do.
in Matthew 6.33, God is busy preparing us for His kingdom to come to earth. That is why the Lord is shaking His people. Many Christians are being shaken by severe circumstances to purify them and make them ready for His coming. The unsaved are being shaken to bring them to God. Being shaken by God is not a pleasant feeling. It's not comfortable to be shaken. But if we yield to His eternal purpose, we'll be purified and we'll be ready for the coming of Christ. And we'll be ready to be part of those who usher in His kingdom when He comes. And that should be our greatest desire. Praise God. I don't know, friend. Today, I feel like... Can I just can I just tell you what's in my heart today as we close? I feel like something good is about to happen. And something good is on its way. Because I'm part of the eternal kingdom of God. If you're a real believer in Jesus Christ, you're part of the eternal kingdom of God today. You're in the world, but you are not of the world. And it's time that we not put our trust in that that can be shaken, but put our trust and our focus, our hope and our faith in that that cannot be shaken. The kingdom of God cannot. We've received a kingdom which cannot and will not be shaken. Praise the Lord. I pray today if God is shaking you, like He's shaking me and many, many others, that the only thing that will shake loose is that that is holding us back from pursuing His kingdom and His righteousness. Oh, friend, it's good to know that God is my protector and my provider today, that I've come to trust where He told me to come to trust, under the shelter and under the covert of His wings. Hallelujah. I'm glad today that Psalm 46 is mine and it's yours. God is our refuge. God is our strength. And He is a very present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear though the earth be removed, though the mountains be carried into the midst of the sea, though the waters thereof roar and be troubled. Though the mountains shake with the swelling thereof. I like Isaiah 54.10. It said, Though the mountains may be removed and the hills may be shaken. There it is. God is saying to us, and this is the reason we cannot be afraid. When we see the beginning of the end, the beginning of sorrows, my loving devotion will not depart from you. <laughs> Hallelujah. My covenant of peace will not be broken, says the Lord, who has compassion on you. Says who? Somebody say it out there. I want somebody to help me preach as we close this morning service today. Says who? Say it with me. Says who? Says the Lord who has compassion on you. And what did He say in the time of such crisis and cataclysmic apocalyptic events? Isaiah 54.10 says, Though the mountains may be removed and the hills may be shaken, 
My loving devotion will not depart from you, and my covenant of peace will not be broken, says the Lord, who has compassion on you. I pray today, Lord, will shake us and wake us. Help us so that we might be ready for the soon coming of Jesus. And instead of being preoccupied with the world, that we might be occupied, hallelujah, with the work of the kingdom, to go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. For when this gospel of the kingdom is preached unto all the world, one day angels will carry 21,000 Jewish evangelist <laughs> praise God 12,000 how uh, listen we're going to see a mighty harvest of souls just before the door of the ark is closed let us redeem the time the day of the Lord hasteneth let the flame of the first love be rekindled let us sing again and mean it from the heart take this whole world <laughs> And give me Jesus. I won't turn back. I won't turn back. Today, if you're not a Christian, you've been with us to this point, and you see the beginning of sorrows. You see the beginning of the end. Don't run from Him. Run to Him. Confess your sins. Receive Christ as your Savior. And be able to say with the psalmist, God is my refuge. God is my strength. I will not fear. In Jesus' name.